Congrats, No Boundaries, on your 100th episode. I love listening to my well and Jay every week, and your words of wisdom are my uh, most favorite part, and I love looking forward to listening to those. Uh, and I sometimes don't even realize that I need them until I hear them. No Boundaries Podcast. Big ups, centennial episode. Much love. I've been listening to y'all for a minute. Jay and Willie, much love. Uh, yeah, 100 more episodes of greatness and expanding our awareness on social issues and social constructs and pop culture. All right, 100 more. Peace. Hey, people. It is the Ani, and I am calling to congratulate Wells and his flunky Jay for their 100th episode. What? Like, dude, most people don't even get to episode 10. And I'm just so, so proud of you guys. Content just keeps getting better and better. I'm so excited to see where this takes y'all. Y'all do an amazing job. I'm so proud of you guys. Congratulations again. I am so proud of you. Hey, y'all. This is uh, JJ from Houston, man. I just want just wanna to tell you guys I love the podcast. I really appreciate what y'all got going on and the fact y'all staying consistent and uh, staying y'all ground, man. I've, I've laughed a bunch of times and uh, also the serious conversations y'all have had and uh, uh, debates and things like that. Ain't no podcast out there messing with y'all. So, shit, with that being said, it's another 100 episodes. Huge shout out to you guys on reaching 100 episode. Um, I remember when I was listening to you guys in August, and um, I don't think I even imagined that it was going far. And to see the growth and um, just the inspiration that you guys have given me from this show, I can't thank you guys enough for reaching 100. And I can't wait to see you guys reach even more. Congratulations. Shout out to Jane Well on the 100th episode. Can't wait for 500 more. Let's get it. What's up, Dad and Jay? Congrats on hitting 100 episodes. Congratulations, Uncle Jay and Willie, on your 100th podcast. Got no bad, no bad, no bad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Welly. Yo. Jay. One hun done. One hun done for like a motherfucker, man. Like, seriously. Bro, it's, we've been doing this a while. And it just kind of dawns on you when you start hitting milestones like 100 that you've been doing this since like April of 2016. If only I can get a type of consistency to my ex-girlfriend. Damn. <laughs> Wow, I was... Damn. I thought this was going to be a positive and uplifting episode. We on 100 now. No, oh, good. I had to get that out, man. I had Same to bullshit. Same old bullshit, man. Ain't nothing changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you're consistent. And that's all you I've want. Gotten that's all you want from any girlfriend or boyfriend is consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not leaning towards having a boyfriend, but I feel you. Hey, did I, I, I tell you about, about my coworker? No. Story time. Nah, I'll tell you later. For real? I'll tell you. I, I, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. But basically, we were chopping it up, and he basically told me that he was gay, which I knew for like a while. But to me, it's like, you're not trying to hit on me. I'm not trying to hit on you, so I, there's no reason to talk about your sexuality right now. But he's also from Alabama. And so everybody from Alabama sounds gay to me. Not going to lie to you. Really? Like all the guys from Alabama that I've ever met all sound gay. Now, they might have all been gay. But to me, they just all sound gay. So, like, when he told me, like, this guy's like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, what? You weren't curious? No, not really. 
Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm not trying to hit on you. You're not trying to hit on me. We're here to do a job. So, therefore, your sexuality means nothing to me. First off, how's everybody doing out there in, oh. in podcast land? <laughs> We're going to get back to that in a second. Uh, Take your time. Take your I time. appreciate everybody that, that called in and, you know, shouted out the fact that we, we did make it to 100 episodes. You uh, set that up very nicely. I appreciate that. I'm just, hey, man. I, you know, I think um, I just, I know it's it's hard for some people to get through long intros, but I feel like that intro was important. And uh, a lot of those people that were on the intro are important to us as far as real life important to us, meaning we, we fuck with those people on the regular. Or they're just people that, you know, we know they genuinely support the show because they called in. Some of them were day one people. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, day ones on there. Yeah, and it don't 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 feel bad like if you're not on the voicemail thing that you know we don't fuck with y'all. It's just like you know, obviously we don't want to make an intro too long, but the real ones know who they are. You know, it is it's that simple. Um, I I, I just want to make sure we we pointed that out. But a couple weeks ago, I went to this thing called the Outlet. Okay. Shout out to the Outlet. You know, as Marche, Ty, and Candice. They, yeah, is uh, it a podcast? Is what it? What is it? It's it's a um. I I'm mot- I'm talking when as I talk to Shay, I try to tell her. You know, I think that they would be better as YouTube vloggers, just because they they all have a um a, a kind of a high social presence in Houston, uh-huh. and they're all pretty much well known. Shit, I mean, Candice used to be like a big time singer, if I'm not mistaken, like. I don't know if she had a hit on the radio or anything like that, but she's pretty well known. And, you know, Shay and, you know, Ty's like a model or whatever. So you got a trio that can do some damage as far as the YouTube world. And you already know how it is with appearance. Mm -hmm. When you got people that have a certain appearance, you know, people tend to flock to that. People like people that look good. (laughs) It's that simple. So they have this thing. It's like basically a topic party. Where they have, they pull out from a basically like a box or whatever. They pull out different topics and they pr- pretty much do a roundtable among. It's mostly it's, it's all black people um, or African Americans, whatever you identify as. Um, in the '60s, we would be identified as Negroes, but uh, <laughs> I just felt like saying that because I saw that documentary. I'm not your Negro. I, I keep falling asleep on it. You ain't, you ain't heard of it? It's um, called. I've heard of it, but I, I haven't seen it. Yet. Yeah, I actually. Uh, it's um. It's about, it's kind of circulates around James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about how all this ties together is James Baldwin was a smart fucking dude. You know, yeah. He had mad respect from, you know, Martin, Malcolm, all those dudes. He was gay. I mean, I mean, you could be gay and still be respected. Uh, my point is, <laughs> sexuality is irrelevant. Very. And I felt like one of the points in that, in that, um, outlet discussion party I mean obviously you're dealing with a bunch of black conservative minded people um, to an extent um, and once you get on the topic of sexuality homosexuality homosexuality there you know obviously was uh, the topic it was basically about how do you feel about you know homosexual representation on on children's TV shows and um, I really didn't get a chance to speak how I wanted to speak there because that's a that's a that's a touchy topic, right. and uh, I'm not even gonna say that you know I was disrespected or anything like that. I really wasn't vocal enough. I pretty much just you know I got out there. I tried to speak. I tried to say something. And like I said, it, it, it's a touchy t- it's a touchy subject. But uh, for anybody that was at the outlet party, and you know really wanted to hear what I had to say, this is what I was gonna say. Oh, you just brought it to your platform. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna okay. piggyback off yours too. 
Because no matter what, we talk about sexuality like that actually defines a person. Sexuality does not define a person. And to me, for, for somebody to walk into a room and to be a homosexual or a lesbian does not make them any lesser or any more of a person. You're still a person. Just like if you walk into a room and you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's how you carry yourself as a human being. Are you kind? Are you disrespectful? Are you giving? You know, all the good things. I mean, you look for the good qualities in a person. And I don't think sexuality or race or religion is going to define whether you're good or not. So my thing with this was... I think we've had this conversation of before. Course, like, of course, of course, of course. I care about what you do from... If you're my coworker, I care about what you do from 9 to 5, not what you do from 5 to 9. It's not my business. It's, it's not. You know, and... I really feel like the topic the topic that was touched on really could have been ended simply by I can't even say it could be ended simply because when you get perspectives in a room there's always somebody that's going to try to twist it. Um my thing is my son is 13 years old. So if he's watching TV and I'm a parent that is actually vigilant about what he's watching, it's a good chance that I'm the type of parent that's going to pay attention to TV ratings. Like meaning like is it is it PG-13? Is it MA for mature audience? Is it uh, is it rated G? You know, you know stuff like that. So my thing is, I feel like when you do talk about sexuality, I don't know if y'all out there agree, but I believe sexuality is content for mature audience. My personal opinion. Yeah. I feel like if we're talking about sexuality, if we're even implying something about sexuality beyond what I guess the scope of norm is, like. Kids growing up, more than likely, you know, in the past 20 years, they saw a man and woman. They saw that as normal. So there's no questions that need to be asked, really. And once you do start having them ask questions, even if it, it like, when they start asking you about, you know, you know, how was I, how did I come here, mom? How did I come here, dad? It's, you're hoping that when this kid is asking you that, they're at a mature age where when you explain it to them, they can understand. So my standpoint is, when you're talking about sexuality, that's a, that's stuff that needs to be addressed to a mature audience. And if you feel like your child is a mature child, then if they're talking, if they're addressing sexuality in a TV show that they're watching, it's all good because you know that they understand. Now, if you feel like your child is immature, doesn't understand something, he's just going to be one of those kids that, oh, he saw 13 reasons why, so I'm going to go kill my, try to go kill myself because I saw a TV show. Then you have a, you have a child that's not mature. And I feel like talking and about you, suicide. You've been, you've been messing up your own job. What do you mean? If your child is, is that immature. Oh, yes. Yes. And and I understand in this day and age, you know, parents are busy. Both parents work. You know, TVs are raising kids. Phone, cell phones are raising kids. Mm-hmm. iPads are raising mm-hmm. kids these days. So I understand that you're you're a little more disconnected than you were back in the day. And, you know, some parents can sense like, you know, no, something's wrong with my child. Something's off. Like, they're, I can tell that, you know, they're not acting normal. Mm-hmm. Pick up on that. But these ones that are committing these mass shootings and everything like that, you know, it's basically people. Well, he was a good kid, and you know, it's like yeah, he was a good kid because you didn't pay attention to him. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't know these. You didn't notice that he's wearing trench coats in the summer in Texas. Yeah. Like you know, you're you not. You're not monitoring Instagram you just page. He was going through a thing, yeah. and like even when I was in high school, you know, the gothic kids, you know, they, you know, they did the big wide leg jeans and mm-hmm. everything. But when it was hot. They was hot too. Like it wasn't like y'all still gonna rock this jacket. Yeah. No, it's hot. We outside. It's hot. Well, it's it's a summer goth. It's a I'm summer in. goth. Huh? It's a summer goth outfit. Yeah, it's it's a, it, you got your summertime shit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you know you might be in class with jacket on because it gets cold in class. But Fuck you know yeah. when we out on the yard, you know they jackets is off. You know, of course. Like you gotta observe those things and know like okay, you know something's not right with here. And if it's my kid, you know I need to observe that first. 
before it gets to the schoolhouse, before they get out in public and they, you know, raging against whoever or whomever that they just got a problem with. Yeah, and uh, one thing that they did point out at the topic party was that pretty much everybody in the room was raised wrong. That's pretty much what everybody agreed. I don't agree with that, but I understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. because I feel like if you did your best for me to say that you did it wrong, it's really hard for me to say, like, everybody's not going to go out on the court and play like LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? But if you go out there and give it your all, you play your best, you put up 20 points. Hey, it wasn't it wasn't LeBron or Steph Curry's 40, but damn, you put up 20. You know what I'm saying? You did your best. Against the top athletes. Exactly. And, you know, and as parents, you're going up against the top parents of the world, no matter how you see it. <laughs> like, every parent around you is trying to do their best. I mean, 90% of them give a damn. I'm going to say that there's a, there's a minority in the 10% that don't give a damn about their kids can care less about how they raise them. But for the most part, I feel like it's hard for me to say somebody did something wrong when they did their best genuinely. So I feel you on that. Like, I mean, I'm big on accountability and my brother knows this. Like I'm real big on accountability. And I feel like even with raising my son, like I'm not trying to raise my son to be, I don't want my son to be spoiled. I don't want my son to be, my son doesn't have to be the next president. I just want my son to be better than me. Because yeah. if I, I feel like if my son's better than me, then he could, he could possibly do some things. And, I mean, you teach kids. I feel like I, I posted something on um, Instagram the other day. It was basically like um, impatience destroys a lot of us. You know, mm-hmm. like in, to be impatient is very self-destructive. And that's just one of the things that I teach my son about. Like, bro, like be patient. Like it's going to come, you know. And, it, and if it doesn't come, I mean, it's, I guess it just wasn't your destiny. Like, like I, I know I mentioned this before, but like J. Mark says, he's like, you know, I know my time is going to come for whatever. So I'm in no rush to get there. Like whether it, 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 it's buying a house or starting a family or, or, you know, the next career opportunity. I know my time is going to come. I know my time for that is on the way. So therefore, I don't need to try to rush it. I don't need to, you know, be in the whole now. Let's move. Let's move. Let's do this now. Let's do this now. Like take your time and make that right decision. So what if you have to measure two, three, four, five times just to cut that one time. When you cut that one time, make sure that's the right cut. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, yes, yeah, time, man. It is, you know, we talked about how people look at time. It could be a social construct as well, too. But, I mean, live your life. Like, stop putting those restraints on yourself. You know, it's, it's ridiculous, man. But, you know, when it all comes down to it, like I was saying in the beginning, um, there are certain characteristics about a person that makes them a good person. And it's obviously a good person. It's, it's a perspective, but sexuality isn't one of them. So for your co- your coworker to feel any type of, for him to be like, so you weren't curious. I'm like, shit, the only time I'm curious about a certain person's sexuality is if I'm checking out a woman and I'm like, I can't tell, but that's probably not going to stop me from approaching her. Like if, if, as long as I know she's a woman and a lot of these women nowadays, they do kind of dress, you know, kind of, you know, very casual to the point where I mean they could be mistaken as gay, and you got a lot more you got a lot more women in the gym these days, and you know they may get to a certain body frame or a certain size, and they might kind of start looking a lot more masculine, and you just don't know. So that's only time I'm ever curious in as far as a guy's sexuality. Why would I ever care about a guy's sexuality if I'm not interested in guys? Just saying. So like, and, I don't <laughs> I don't know why people get that ew gross stay away from me mentality. It's like first of all. 
all gay people don't want you. <laughs> Straight up. Just Straight because, up. It's, it's kind of like just because you're a man, another man wants you. No. No. Like, no. Like, like all women don't want you. Like, Definitely. I don't, I don't see how, how, and it's primarily men, like, don't get that, that construct in their mind. And in the experiences I've had talking with women, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got this gay homegirl. We talk, you know, this, this. We talk for three hours every night. And I was like, she wants you. She's it's a strong you. possibility. She's yeah. after you like a man, but you're not realizing. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, too, not knowing when someone's interested in you. Yeah. And you're, you're the king of that. I hate to say it. Uh, I get it worked out in my favor. Yeah, of course, of course. But Eventually, it worked out in my favor. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, but it's weird though because you just never know. It's either because you don't care, you're probably not paying attention, but it happens or to you, the or best. Or you of don't me. have that interest. Because yeah. if you don't have that interest, you're just going to ignore the signs, anyways. Yes, exactly. We're, we're good at ignoring signs because, I mean, actually, ignoring signs is like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, we're not, we don't speak the language of the universe. So we don't know better. You know what I mean? Like, it's like everybody tries to interpret the Bible one way. And I mean, who knows who is right? You know what I mean? So to sit there and, and miss these signs is not a bad thing because, I mean, the way you interpret the sign may be differently from how that other person interprets the sign. So, and that's a whole lot of assumptions and jumping to conclusions, which is something you shouldn't be out here doing. Yeah, man, just ask questions, communicate. That's it. Talk. Bro, it seems like communication is so like the basis of all human interaction and it's also the most difficult because the most you don't you don't you don't communicate to get your point across you try to communicate to get what the other person wants you to wants wants to hear across and that's just the the wrong thing it's like i'm saying something because i kind of know what you want me to say or i've made this assumption of what you want to hear from me so therefore i'm trying to speak to you in that way instead of just saying okay i understand what you're trying to say and this is what i'm trying to say regardless of what you're trying to think this is what i'm you know this is how i feel about it and this is how i'm giving it to you instead of just trying to fit that mold and and cater to what you're thinking i'm going to give you what i truly think and just you know let it be like put that honesty out there in 100% and not kind of like okay you feel this way so i'm going to cater my response to how you feel no this is exactly how i feel regardless of how you feel we can go from here. Simple. Simple as that. <sighs> you you simply said it, though. I mean, the way you laid it out, it is very simple. Obviously, it's not simple to actually act it out. I was, I was listening to, um, <laughs> ah, what's his name? Crap. Crap, 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 crap. I was listening Bum to something, and he, and he said he went to, um, he went to, he went to Common Sense University, or he got his his degree in Common Sense, or something like that. Uh, who was I? Who was is that, that? Bomani or Stephen Jackson? Steve, yeah. Oh, Stephen, Stephen Jackson was talking about you know I got. I he got, a podcast? No, he was on Bomani's podcast. Oh, he was on Bomani. Okay, okay. Yeah, but he he's, he said something to the extent like you know I got I got my degree in Common Sense or or something like that you know because Common Sense ain't common for everybody, Bruh, It ain't man. Um, and, and even thinking you know even thinking about that, I mean as parents we have to instill common sense in our children too. Just by you know the the, the question and uh, asking um, the treating them like adults at the proper time, I feel like there's definitely a proper time to like treat your boys, especially as adults, and teach them consequences. Um, I remember I sent that post out about um, hugging and kissing your boys, and um, I feel like that's a uh, that's 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 a funny topic because I kind of feel like when I saw that it made me feel like whoever wrote, I think the person who wrote it was black. And I really felt like, well, 
black people talk about white people by being about being too soft on their children and that in turn turning them to mash murderers and shooting up schools. Basically, it'd be like, my mama just whooped my ass. And I look over there at little Tommy. He's, his mama putting him in time out. And I kind of feel like that goes along the line, same lines. Like, no matter what, it feels like this generation of thinkers, especially, really wants our black kids, our boys especially, they want us to be softer on them. And I kind of feel like I, I understand where you're coming from when you say, you know, hug and kiss your kids. But all, all I say is, you know, make sure you show your kids affection because everybody out there is a di- has a different love language. So me as a father, I'm not the type of dude that's finna just be sitting there hugging and kissing my 13-year-old. My, I'm going to talk to him. You know, you know, he gets hugs. He gets I, I, think, I think you're past that point. Exactly, of course. But, but even I'm not then, babying you anymore. Exactly. Even then, I mean, as young boys, the main thing that I think society wants young boys to understand is no is no. And they need to, they, and young boys need to understand that sense of entitlement is not gonna happen because I mean, no matter what, um, I truly don't believe that, you know, parents purposely raise rapists and pedophiles. Sometimes I think that's just a, a biological defect that some kids, you know, or some men and even women, just they just fucked up and they just don't have that boundary set mentally. To understand that what they're doing is wrong because I look at a lot of situations and I'm like, man, you know, if you knew better, you should have done better. And then you, you, as I say that, I'm like, well, maybe something just ain't right with that man or something ain't right with that woman. But but like you say, you know, if you should, if you knew better, you should have done better. But sometimes people just start underthinking things and overthinking or overthinking, yeah. And then you see people getting ahead and you're just like, crap, I want to get ahead too. I want to get ahead too. How can I get ahead? And you say, well, they did this, and it's in the it's in the gray area. So let me let me try to do something that's kind of in that gray area. When you know and damn well the whole time you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have. Like you know you're you can be a black and white person, and you know some people operate in the gray area, and they're fine. Jay Z allegedly sold drugs, and now he's a multimillionaire. It's like you know that worked for him. That probably isn't going to work for you. Probably not. Probably. Probably not. It's common sense. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, another thing, completely off topic. How come so many ex-drug dealers are great rappers? I really... Uh, it's, Alleged. It's, it's, since you dealers. say that, I mean, obviously that's going to bring up the Pusha T, you know, debate. And I don't care what anybody says. People, we talk about this every week. We, we talked about this on the last few episodes. Shit be overhyped, bro. And no matter what anybody says... Lyrically, Drake can't see Pusha T. It's not happening. And it's funny to me how many people have forget that Pusha T was one of Drake's influences. I mean, like, seriously, like a lot of Drake's style, the slow flow and his, you know, the way he enunciates, a lot of that is Pusha T. And I think subconsciously Pusha T knows that. So he kind of feels like, I'm gonna come at him because nigga, I really my son, my, my my style crafted your style. Like, nigga, I can send you. You know, but even then, yeah, you know, because, but even then, like, I'm not dumb. Like, a lot of these beefs that happen nowadays, that shit to me, man, it's, it's just, it's, I think on both sides, it's promotion. I think good music and OVO are very close. I think they fuck with each other tough. And this is just all a ploy to just get more attention in the month of June. Because, I mean, but between May and June, a lot of music is about to come out. So, a lot of those summer tours happen. Exactly. So, why not, you know, have it, you know, based on beef? 
because we live in a society where everybody wants that negative attention because that negative attention, that shit brings these niggas money. And, and we forget it wasn't too long ago when Drake was beefing with Tory Lanez. You patched that up. You know, you like, know? You, and 50 did it all the time with Jada and with Fat Joe. You know, It'd be you cool with him a and couple you months later. Up, you, know? you know, I think everybody's beef with Diddy at one point in time. Of course. Then you patch it up. Like. I mean, shit, his last album he came out, he was beefing with Kid Cudi. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then you do father stretch my hands and you, you know, y'all fuck with each other. Y'all are all cool. This shit is just, it's, it's just. It's some, it's some pick up the phone shit. We need to, we need to have a phone call. It's just theatrics, like, man. Like you, Lil Wayne and Birdman been beefing for how long now? And they still pop up together in the same yeah, place? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm still kind of confused about the um, the whole Nicki Minaj and Meek thing. I'm like, where do y'all stand? Like, to me, it was never a big negative fallout. Y'all broke up, so, well, okay. Y'all y'all are two celebrities that broke up. And we're as far not, as I'm concerned, we're, they're we're still not cool. not about Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes anymore. You know? Because it's just, you know, Jamie Foxx got that, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean it's... It's 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 funny to me. Like I just see this shit, and I'm just like, whatever. But to answer your question, I think drug dealers are just they're more cultured. Probably they probably you know they're probably dealing with Mexicans. They're probably dealing with people overseas. You know if they if they do get that big and they just I think the more cultured rappers tend to be the better rappers. They see more. Yeah. I mean, you get your typical Atlanta rapper that doesn't really know anything else but Atlanta. His music is gonna pretty much sound like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But then you get somebody like Jay Z that pretty much damn near two and a half the world by twenty two. <laughs> She's gonna sound a lot different. It's got a lot, got a lot of influence. Exactly, like Kanye, man, Kanye, man, even Biggie, man. When Biggie, by by the time when Biggie was really big, man, Biggie had seen some shit, dude. I mean, you gotta think about the idea of a rapper wearing Versace, like that's on a, that's on some other shit. Like yeah. dudes wasn't just doing that back then. But for a rapper to actually put on Versace, to me, that shit looked pretty feminine to me. But Dudes made it look gangster just because of who they were, and that just goes to show that when you when you're in that on that gangster scene, whether it's drugs, selling guns, or whatever, you come across a lot of different cultures and a lot of different shit rubs off on you. So you're sitting there dealing with a fucking mob boss that's rocking Versace, and you look at him like, damn, this dude, big time millionaire, wearing this whole silk ass shirt. I fuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) If he can rock it, I can rock it too. So I think I think culture has a lot to do with it. You know, would do with it. I mean, and ac- academics too. I mean, Jay Z's not a dumb dude. No, Push is not a dumb dude. Rick no. Ross is far from dumb. Uh, Joel's and them. They used to talk about coke a lot. Them dudes sharp, man. Just saying. Like you don't, you don't have to have a degree to be sharp. Nah, nah. You gotta honestly to be sharp. You just gotta be observant, and you have to have experience. Mm-hmm. That shit adds up. Like I like I have a homeboy all the time. He'll be like, "Yeah, Jay, you book smart and you know all this all this stuff." He's like, "But I know them streets. Like I know the streets like the back of my hand." So, you know, yeah, you might have me on books, and that's why I call you on about books and stuff like that. But he's like, "I know the street stuff." That shit goes a long way, man. That's I mean that street shit is common sense. That street shit is what gives you common sense. Like I, I think that street shit you gotta have some experience too. Yeah, uh, common sense is nothing but experience though. I mean, it becomes common to you, so it's, it, it it starts to make sense. Oh, that that adds up. Yeah, you know, like you know, two times two is four. <laughs> always, always, <laughs> always. So, you know, I, I that's how I think how drug dealers be spitting that real shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think um, at the end of the day, the more real you are about what you're rapping, it sounds better too. That's why I like my favorite rappers are the ones that I feel like okay, that dude sounds honest. He sounds genuine. He he hasn't done this street stuff, so he doesn't talk about that street stuff. Simple as that. You don't yeah. hear J. Cole talking about that shit. No. 
You know, he kind of speaks against it to an extent, but he talks about he's a conscious dude. He talks yeah, about he, shit from the heart. He, he, talk, he talks he about, about love. About the neighbors think he's selling dope because he has random people in and out of his house. But it's like I'm over here making music. <laughs> That's it. This music <laughs> you, might be you're dope. Getting, I'm a multi platinum. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Over here, man. It's crazy how they next door neighbor probably a dentist or something. And it was crazy how the SWAT team kicked the door in and everything. Oh, it's like tripping. How do you not know your neighbors? The neighborhoods like that, man. Even in my apartment complex, I know my neighbors. Like I know this person over here. I know the, the Hispanic people across the hall. I don't know the people who used to play loud music next door. I don't know what happened to them, but you know, I have. You know, I, I say what's up to people around me. Yeah, when you see them casually, you know, yeah. you know, occasionally. But yeah, I'm, obviously, I haven't been saying what's up to enough people though. But we're not gonna talk about that. Oh. Mm-mm. Oh. We're not gonna talk about. Okay. That. Okay. It's a sensitive subject. Oh. Man, Maybe after everything is done, we might talk about that. But for right now, we're not going to talk okay, about that. Okay, okay. Well, moving on now, because I feel like that was that was very random. but um, Very random. I mean, but it's our 100th episode. And we do what we, we, do what we want. Like 90% of the episodes, we did random stuff. We, we did, we did. We're staying true to form. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, th- I know I sent something in, else in there, and I was talking about, I mean, this is a topic that everybody beats on a lot. But uh, I, I kind of think people be lying, especially niggas. <laughs> I think people be lying. Oh, uh, people do. Definitely yeah, people be, be lying. lying. People be lying. Well, it, it, the conversation about fake asses versus real ass. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> dudes, men are going to be men. Every and, day. And I think, obviously, your average man, if he's looking at a woman's figure, I mean, He's gonna want something that he looks at. It's like, damn, you know, it looks good. So therefore, even if it was fake, if it looks good, the man is going to attack it. But I mean, if you come up on a chick and she's built like an ant, that's a different story. That probably creep a dude out. But that's not gonna say that. Is I mean, it might drop the chances of that woman getting hollered at probably by like forty percent. But that sixty percent is still there. I was just I'm saying, being generous. Huh? Yeah, you're being super generous. You know, ladies, if you're listening, mm-hmm. I know you are. Yeah. Let me tell you something about men. Mm-hmm. Whenever we talk about women, we might say she's ugly. We might say she's built like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. We might say that her teeth are longer than my fingernails. Wow. We, we might say that her toes look like she kicks cement bricks. Mm-hmm. But the underlying constant of it all is we're probably still with smash. Yeah. Yeah, probably still yeah. like like probably without saying we probably was like oh I hit but it's like no nah, she you know she looked like she gargled with gar- gravel like you know we <laughs> she might say some you know overall but it's like yeah but at the end of the day I probably still hit in our right minds I can I can actually say yeah you can lower your standards as a man just based on the fact like you know hey it's there why not. And a lot of men wouldn't want to admit that, you know. We we have a, I see it on the internet all the time because I saw the thread on real asses versus fake asses, and I saw a lot of fake shit that men were saying. I'm like, dog, y'all lying. You ain't got to lie, bro. You ain't got to lie. From everything I've known, I've never experienced a fake ass. Yeah, me neither. I I've seen. I, I think it's I've seen some. That I could have. I've seen more fake boobs than anything. I've, I've seen plenty of fake. Jesus boobs. Christ! I just that just lets me know that there must they must be real cheap. But also, what I've learned about fake boobs is that it's a confidence builder for women. Of course. Like a lot of women with small boobs want bigger boobs. Of course. A lot of women with boobs that are too big would prefer smaller boobs. Of course. And they want the smaller boobs just for the 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 wearability the of, of like you can be comfortable. You don't have this bra, you know, got these 
you know, titties, 10 pounds each strapped to your chest, holding you up, you know, messing with your bag, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you want, you want to wear spaghetti straps from time to time. You know, you want a smaller cup to wear spaghetti straps. That's like a gift and a curse, ain't it? It's a gift and a curse. Cause like, like your boyfriend is probably like, nah, I like her boobs big. Like I'm, you know, whatever. She's like, you carry them then. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Exactly, you know, and you know how they do the experiment where they put the weights on the guys and like, you know, all right, you carry these, you know, these boobs for a day. And yeah, if a guy carries those 10 pound boobs for a day, it's going to fuck him up. But like anything with any weight training, if I sit there and, I, and every day for the next month, I go in the gym, I'm going to do three sets of 135. Every day I do three sets of 135. Probably about that third week. That one thirty five ain't gonna be nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be throwing that. I'm gonna be throwing them three sets up quick. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's, a lot of times it's more than the woman just having big boobs. A lot of times it has a lot to do with the fact that they don't. They may not adjust their posture. Um, their diets might be bad, so they're getting bigger and bigger over time. It's a lot of variables to that because, like you said, I mean, what you're saying with the example you just gave was, yeah, you're going to hit one thirty five for three weeks straight. Yeah, but you're staying at a constant weight. I mean, there's some women out there that go from 140 pounds to 160 pounds and they got the boobs. So it's just more weight added every couple of weeks, every couple of months. So it's that strain. And that's and that's why, you know, staying healthy, you know, training yourself and trying to live a healthy lifestyle does a lot for you. Because, I mean, all honesty, you don't. How do I say this? From my experience. I've I know plenty of women that have you know decent sides you know bra sides they don't complain about their uh their backs hurting or anything like that because they they keep themselves you know healthy like they wear the proper stuff you know they do whatever it takes to know you know to to reduce that pain right you know I mean my thing is if you really care about something you're gonna you're gonna make sure you're gonna take care of it right and uh, and and also you know you can even if you have large boobs you know it's like okay I need to make sure that my back is strong. Honestly. I need to work out my back or I need to change my diet because a lot of boob is fat. A lot of it's fat. I've seen, fat and I've seen, if I'm not I've seen people be, be like heavy set and then they start losing weight and their cup size just shrinks and just shrinks and just shrinks and just shrinks. That happens for men too. Yeah. Like men, like opposite though, like if a man loses weight, uh, they say his penis gets bigger. I've, I've heard for every 10 pounds that you lose, you gain an inch. If you're, if you're th- like in every 10 pounds you lose in the, in the waist area. Oh, that section. fupa? Yeah, that, that fupa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or what was it? A, a fuda? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and Just, I, that's what I heard. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was Dr. Oz or something like that, but I seen like every 10, 10 pounds you lose, you gain an inch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but then I'm also, yeah, never mind. Obviously, we're not women. But my thing, and I'm, not, I'm never going to say that a woman's battle with her boob size is something that I will ever truly understand. But I would say this, though. I know women out there that are fully capable of getting those breast reductions. I'm talking about financially. They're able to do something about it, and they don't. They'd rather just complain. That's what I'm not a fan of. If you, it's either you're going to do something about it, or you're going to shut the fuck up. It, it, I mean, and that's what anything across the board is like when people complain about their financial situations. Like, oh, I need to be making more money. I need to do this. But we're having this conversation while we're in the club. We're having this conversation while we're twenty dollar plates. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like we're having this conversation. Like you know, if you need to save money, you need to cook more. You need to eat at the house. Like, but you you're having this conversation while you're on vacation. You're having this conversation while you're out and about. It's like it doesn't make sense to me if Zero you're saying, sense. "Oh, I need to save money," but I'm out right damn now. 
That's crazy, man. Self discipline, man. We and I, I think we all lack it to a certain extent. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, you know, like me, like shit. You know, I was in the house just chilling. I drank last night, you know. And I really get to the point, like before I actually go on one of my trips this year, I just want to get to the point where I really do reduce my my drinking habit. You know, even though I, I don't drink nearly as much as half the people I know. Like I'm like you, bro. Like that. You got a bottle of whiskey. That bitch been here for about. Three, four months plus. Bro, I got a bottle of tequila that's been up there since two birthdays ago. Damn. It's, it, and it's, it's like, I don't, I'm not one of those people that always has to have a drink. Like, and I mean, it, it, this is going to sound bad, but like when I do drink, I drink when I got a lot on my mind or I'll drink when I, I'm stressed a little bit, like just to, something to calm me. And I mean, I know you shouldn't turn to the bottle for things like that, but that's, that's the only times that I drink. And then, I mean, if I'm out, I'm a social drinker. I'll have two, maybe three drinks tops, but I like to have my wits about me. I don't want to be out here drunk. Last time I got drunk, I threw up all over my carpet. Like <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. That's, but, not, hey, that's not what I'm going for. That would be like the perfect cover for this episode with you in the bed, just laid out dead. Episode 100. That'd be pretty dope, bro. That's a classic ass picture. It's classic, bro. You are shit faced like a white boy. I blame y'all for that, one thousand percent. Hey, the people at the in, in the intro, there's a couple of them that has a couple, a couple of them had something to do with it. I don't know why my shot glass was the biggest shot glass, and I had to take a shot for everybody that came in. That's how you do it. That's not. I'm, I'm thinking this year though, because I never ever do anything for my birthday. I, I think I'm gonna end up doing something like that, like probably the bus or something just do some childish and just just be stupid <laughs> why not childish. you know like sometimes i never do it you know and it's like we'll be we got like three or four capricorns in our circle mm-hmm. we gotta make something happen i, re- I remember one year we took the, we took the bus to the casino oh i like that that'd be nice we did that and like by the time we got like we left at like midnight or something so by the time we got there everybody's like look i'm hungry let's hit this breakfast buffet and everybody gambled a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like all right we're coming back Damn! Like the the breakfast buffet was the highlight of it all. Man, I'm I'm uh, man. It's some breakfast. It's some spots where the breakfast, the continental breakfast, just be so fucking lit. It's like you gotta wake up for this shit. Yeah, I think Marriott probably has one of the best ones. It's a continental breakfast. That whole pretty good. See, I like the Embassy Suites in Dallas because they have a, a, a made to order bar. So you can go up there it's like, hey, I want an omelet with this, this, and this, or I need two eggs over medium, or you know, made to order. Wow, I didn't know that. Every time I go to Dallas, I'm in that embassy, and I'm good. Bro, I was going to Dallas so often that the chef knew me. He's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Not in a long time. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Still want your omelet with, with spinach, sausage, you know, tomatoes. Yeah, hook your boy up. Hmm, okay, okay. No, I don't live too far from Embassy Suites. And they, they, they actually, every time, because it's, it's by the Whole Foods that I go to, and I always see it be some, be some hot dollar, you know, Looking people going in there, and I, I never knew the Embassy Suites was popping like that. Made to order? That's clutch. That's clutch. Like the Rockets should be tonight. Can they do it? I believe they can. I believe they can do it, too. I think you need Chris, but I believe you can. You shouldn't need Chris, man, to be honest with you. Chris. They're fully capable. You're, they're fully capable, but Chris is the mind of the team. Like, he, he's like, all right, boom, slow the ball down. Mm-hmm. We up by 15. We know they can run off 15 in four or five possessions real quick. Let's slow the ball down. Let's use all the shot clock. Forget all this, you know, seven-second offense stuff. Yeah. Let's manage the clock more. And I think that's a Chris thing because I think James and Ariza and P.J. Tucker will rush up and they'll shoot shoot shots like seven seconds into the shot clock and be like, 
Stupid shit. Stupid. Rozier was doing that shit a lot last night, too. His ego was playing last night. He was night. doing it, and I noticed Braun doing it some, too. That nigga Rozier has an ego on him, and I know why. You know why? When Kyrie come back, his minutes go. They're gone. He's gonna be he's gonna be scary Terry on the bench. Another thing, everybody's like, oh, they're they're beating them without you know Jason Hayward and Kyrie. They're beating them without two two all stars. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, excuse me. <laughs> Remember, Gordon Hayward was a last minute add to the all star team. What a couple of years ago, last year or whatever. Like he wasn't voted in. Like somebody got injured and he got that. No, role. not Gordon Hayward. No, not Gordon Hayward. That was sure? uh no, no, Gordon Hayward was a legit all star. Gordon Hayward was a legit all-star, but it still was kind of weird because of the fact that he his numbers weren't phenomenal. No. Gordon Hayward was the star of his team for sure. But I argue that, I mean, I like Gordon Hayward, but he messed up something good that was about to come. Him and Donovan Mitchell would have been a problem. I, I look at Gordon Hayward like Kevin Love in Minnesota. That's what he might end up as, but I don't know, man. Gordon Hayward, I've been following him since college. The boy be balling, man. I mean, he averaged a good 24, 25. I mean, he's an all-around good player, both sides of the court. So, um, I think Kevin Love, I think it's egos, bro. That's why That's why people hate, I hate, people hate when I say it, but I think Chris, Chris Bosh is one of, the, one, of the, one of the top players in the past 10 years because what he did when he came to Miami was special. He was a franchise player in Toronto, and he came and I'm played a very minimal role. Y'all needed him for the championships y'all won in Miami, bro. Like, Chris Bosh was very important, and – People like to pick on him because he's gay or whatever. But <laughs> he has like four kids. <laughs> I know, I know. I, he's one of my he's one of my favorites because I mean the ball was long and he be balling. Like I tell my son, like watch Chris Bosh, bro. You left handed, you long just like him. Cats like Chris Bosh are they're they're good players to watch. And Chris Bosh wasn't this like he was a lanky guy. It wasn't like I'm gonna pound the ball inside and I'm gonna throw you a body a lot of body. No, like he was a finesse. Uh, post player. Yeah, he was nice. I mean, he, he I mean, he wasn't no KD, but I mean, he could give you KD numbers every now and then. Yeah. And he's a Texas boy. You know, I'm a Chicago nigga, but I, I, I focus with my Texas boys, man. That's why, that's why I really like Jimmy Butler. Like, it, it is what it is. But we're talking about basketball. I think this, that went too long. <laughs> let's, a little bit, a little bit. Let's, bring let's it back in. Let's bring it back in. Let's bring it back in. How uh, Damn, man, you know, to be honest with you, this episode 100 is like still, still like a shock to me, dog, because you got to remember, dog, we started as three. Yeah, yeah. And we started. We were, we were like three for three episodes. Bruh. And we started with a sports premise. And man. now, we, aside from right now, we barely talk about sports. Barely talk about sports. I mean, I've got, I've, I used to be an asshole and say I felt like talking about sports was a low, low level, into, as far as intellect, as a low level conversation. But I mean, you could, you could get, crafty with it. I think Stephen A. Smith at times tries to go a little bit too far. I feel like with talking about raising kids, um, our basketball team is, you know, obviously full of 12 and 13 year olds. And, um, the, the issue that the coaches on my son's team are having is, you know, the coaches on my son's team are, they're like, they're over 45. Shit. They're grandpas. Yeah. Um, and they don't get this younger generation. They think that this younger generation is going like, to... You can't... How do I say this? This younger generation isn't raised by the it takes a village mentality. This younger generation is honestly raised by don't fucking knock on my door. Like, the shit that's going on inside my household is none of your business. You know, everybody shut out. Like you said, bro. Like, how do you not know your neighbors? That's, that's what we live in now. I mean, 
people are either in their TVs or on their phones or in their houses, and they're not fucking with you. So that's how a lot of kids are being raised. A lot of kids are being raised, and they're being shut off from the world, and the only thing really raising them is technology, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you have those type of kids, and you try to put them into, I mean, you got to understand something like, I think my son would be a hell of a football player. I encourage him to play football. I'm talking to all the women on my uh, son's basketball team because, I mean, honestly, it's just me and another dad that's there. Well, this past week, it's just me and another dad that's there. The rest of them are women. And um, even the dad that was there was saying, I'm not letting my son play football. I'm like, dog, y'all got to stop being so soft on these kids. And, I mean, (laughs) I get a lot of flack for that. But I really feel like, bro, like, as a man, this is a tough world we live in. And this world is not going to coddle you. Like, people think that in 20 years, there won't be another Trump. The type Trump type people are never going to leave. I mean, yeah, think about it. Hitler, Hitler was the thirties. Hitler was the thirties, bro. And we're in 2018 and we're still talking about Hitler and that we're still comparing people to him. What you think will happen 75 years from now? They're still going to be Hitler's and they're still going to be Trump's. So no matter they'll, what, they'll have a different platform. That's it. And no matter what, you got to raise, I think the best way to raise your child, in my opinion, is raise them realistically. Any obstacle that could come across, they could come across. It's no point in raising your child with all this abundance of love and all this, you know, rainbows and sunshine and not ever letting them realize that, hey, man, you know, every now and then I'm going to have to slap your hand. Yeah. Because you as a little black boy or a little black woman, you have to understand that I'm going to slap your hand. They're going to slap handcuffs on you. You know what I'm saying? They, I'm going a, I'm to a slap you upside the head. They're going to slap the, uh, the jail door shut. You know? Uh, I'm going to fire your ass up. They're going to fire you from your job. You're going to be broke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to be a realistic parent. And being, I read something on the other day where I was talking about, oh, whenever you're talking to somebody that calls themselves a realist, they're just a pessimist just trying to disguise their realism, you know, you know in a fancy way. No, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to me because I feel like in order to be, if you're saying you're a realist, you're, you're acknowledging the fact that there are times to be optimistic and there are times to be pessimistic because those two things are going to occur a lot. And I, and I'm not saying be pessimistic with no hope. I feel like obviously you pretty much want to be optimistic more than anything, but the reality is if you're a drug dealer, that doesn't mean that you're going to end up a millionaire or a good rapper. It's a better chance you're going to end up in jail. Yeah, or dead. <laughs> you know, that is the reality. Yes, you can approach it optimistically like, nigga, I'm going to be the next Jay-Z. I'm going to be the next Birdman. I didn't think about Birdman. He's terrible. He's trash. And he can't rap. He doesn't count. He does not count. <laughs> but, I mean, it, his business mind counts. Business mind is, and that's really mostly Slim, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, Slim was, I think, I think Birdman was more, your hands get dirty. Slim was more than mine. That's why he's quiet. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm an advocate of being tough on your kids in a healthy way. And I feel like the coaches came to me and as a, one of the younger coaches on the team, which I don't, I don't really like calling myself a coach, but they asked me for help. And I'm just like, man, we're living in a day and age right now where you can't come at these kids in a physical way anymore. You got to come at them more psychologically. Like, you got to... You got to figure out what makes them tick. Right. Because, you know, running them four or five miles trying to break them, these kids, they just going to go run to their mamas and daddies and say, I quit. And their mamas and dad going to let them. 
Yeah. <laughs> because you can't come at these kids like that because in the households they're coddled. They're expecting the government to coddle them. Schools are coddling them. It's everybody's fault except their own. Yeah. Like there's no ownership. That's why accountability like is you, a bitch. You made me feel this way or you made me want to quit. Like it's like, no, I didn't like it. So I decided to quit. It's, it's, it's never that. It's always somebody, what somebody else did that made you not want to be there. And that's, that's, I mean, that's the time that we're, we're in now. It's like yeah. nobody's, nobody's taking any ownership of anything lately. No, no, not at all. Nobody. I mean, like people hate to talk about the fact that in a lot of cases, I mean, obviously it's never good to shoot a person. If you're a police officer, you don't shoot people firsthand because you fear them or you're scared of them or you felt they made a movement that was dangerous. It's like, as a police officer, I swear y'all are trained to be a lot more, um, how do I say, alert and be a lot more vigilant, meaning there are there are tactics at hand that I can use before I pull out my fucking weapon and kill you. So therefore, as a society, since Ice Cube, NWA, in what, 86, 83 or some shit said fuck the police because police riots were happening in the 80s? You telling me that we ain't raising our kids to be like, hey, you know what? Don't fuck with police because they're fucking retarded. So they're <laughs> we, we've everybody's been taught, yes, ma'am, yes. No, I, I can't say everybody. It, that, that's the problem. Why hasn't everybody been taught that? We're uh, starting even in even in my experiences, and this might even be self-taught, but just from being a part of society and seeing what's going on, you know, last time I got pulled over, the cop said that I ran. I was in downtown Houston. I was going to work. Cop said, you know, I ran that red light. And I was like, oh, sir, I was sure it was yellow when I went through. No, it was red. Yes, sir. It's That's a lose-lose it. lose battle. That's it. Yes, sir. You, you're right. You're right. If I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it in court. I'm not going to sit, sit here and have this argument with you. And then you say, I, you say, oh, I'm aggressive. I need backup. Y'all have snatched me out of my car. And what it was was my car was brand new at the of time. Course. I still had paper plates on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was like, and then, and then punk ass even was like, you know, oh, you got a nice car and everything like that. <laughs> My car costs more than you make a year, motherfucker. That's what it really was. Yeah. But it, I didn't have no t- no ten on or anything. You see a young black male driving it through downtown. Yeah. And pulling me over. That's and fine. it's a race car. That's fine. It is a fucking race car. Yeah. They and it looks they they see that shit and they look it looks like trouble. Yeah. They look like you about to get into some yeah. shit. And it got paper tags on. It's like nah, this can't be his car. Exactly. No, check my shit, man. You know, and and this is and that's what we live in. We live in a society where it, it's almost like people don't learn from other people's mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, you knew in the 80s that the L.A. riots were going on. You know, people were getting mistreated by police. And all you did was protest and respond in, respond in a violent way. But in all honesty, it was more teaching that needed to be involved. We needed to teach more. We needed to say, hey, you're in a lose-lose situation. I don't understand why people don't understand when they're in lose-lose situations. Instead of trying to always combat the fact that you're in a lose-lose situation and trying to get equal justice... How about just, how do I say this? How about just making sure that when anybody's in that situation, they approach it in the most, in the most highly intellectual way possible. Instead of being ignorant. It's yeah. like, we understand that. Instead of being like, oh, the police are out to get me, so I'm, I'm going to buck the system. Now is not the time. It's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> now is not the time. You're not going to win. You're not. Like, and, I, and, it's, and, it's really, it's, and it really hurts people that, we don't get treated like white people, but I don't want to get treated like white people. I think I think a lot of the white people, one thing I have noticed over time is no matter what you say about white people, they're going to be white. 
<laughs> at the end of the day, they will always like, be white. Like, so you can sit here and say, oh, the white person get away with it, the white person get away with it. And I'm going to say this, like, dude, like, if you have a problem with the justice system, you don't like the way shit is being ran, your kids are the future. Make sure you mold your kids to infiltrate that so they can make a change. You know, because right now, we ain't really doing much but just complaining and not accepting the fact that shit, we fuck up too. We ain't perfect, bro. Like, you know, like I said, it was it was one thing I heard at the outlet party where somebody was like trying to figure out, like I said, why white people shoot up schools. And I'm like, shit, you know, why white people shoot up schools? Well, shit, why black kids be, be shooting up each other's neighborhoods? Like people, you can't you can't go around that. Like, yeah. like you can't <laughs> ignore it. Like, but you're but talking also, about something as much as you can't ignore it, you can't compare it either. So, like when people say, you know, oh, there's a lot of cops out here killing black people, then they say, well, black people are killing other black people. That's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not. These the cops same. are here to protect and serve. Exactly. These these crumb ass niggas is not out here to protect no. and serve other crumb ass niggas. No. But the, but the big difference to me, the bigger difference is. When people talk about uh, cops killing, you know, minorities, whatever, that shit doesn't happen as much as people try to make it seem. The media will push that shit. The media will push one for three months. Let me tell you something. One of them is too many. One is too many. I, I say that. One is too many. I can admit that. But let's just be 100 here. We, we, we can have, we can have uh, 50 cop killings in one year. And then you could just literally go to one city in America where it was 105 or 150 drive-bys. And multiple black youths were killed by other blacks and Hispanics. Like the numbers don't compare, bro. Like it's the the shit. It's very anecdotal. The shit that they put up on the news and push, you know, and push. Because I'm telling you, we have this is a big ass city that we live in, and that shit happens very rarely in Houston. And the cops out here are very notorious for being racist out here too. And you got pulled over. You still here? You know what I'm saying? And, like, people hate to hear that, but it's like, dude, I guarantee you somebody listening right now has gotten pulled over, and they, they got their ticket and went on about their business. This shit is very, very minute, the amount of times that it happens. But the press and the media, they want you to get out. They want you to be outraged because they know when you become outraged, you're going to go do something stupid and get yourself killed. And that just, that just eliminates one more nigger or one more, one more spick. That's the goal. That's the end game. And that's why white people stay on top because white people are protecting each other, and then, you know they're making sure that they protect each other. They making sure that we put ourselves in situations where we kill each other or get ourselves killed. I'm telling you, man, you come across your average white person, bro. What I tell you a couple of seconds ago, they are gonna be white and they are gonna be carefree because they <laughs> they're don't gonna put, be able to say whatever they want to. One of the other things I liked about the, uh, the the outlet party, but nobody really touched on it. They kept talking about how black people put themselves in a box. Black people put themselves in a box. Black people do this, do that. I'm like, okay. Y'all keep saying that and not real, not recognizing or not putting putting some emphasis on the other side. White people don't put themselves in a box. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, there is no box. That's why white people do white people shit. White people don't give a damn about going out and fucking a deer. They don't give a damn because there's no box for them. Ain't no black people going out you know, mountain climbing and shit because black people put themselves in the box. They ain't out there trying to get killed. They they care. I'm so, not trying. I'm not trying to learn anything. Yeah, yet. I'm not gonna be out here fucking with these mountain lions. There is there will never be a black Steve Irwin. Come on, bro. A black crocodile Dundee. Man, matter of fact, my bad. Yes, there is a black crocodile Dundee somewhere in New Orleans. Not getting paid for the shit. No, he's just doing. He's just doing. It, it. That's the nigga livelihood. But it ain't nothing to record. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day. 
black people need to become more carefree, but be more carefree in a sensible way, not being like, oh, white people get to do it, so I'm going to do it too. That's weak. We are ourselves. Let white people be white people and we be black. Or we be African American or Negroes. But anyways. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. I love all people, man, and I just really feel sorry for us for putting ourselves in boxes. Even Hispanics put themselves in a box. And at the end of the day, man, you know, you just got your Asians and your Indians just sitting in the, at the top just looking like these niggas fighting over some dumb shit. I'm just trying to get this gas station up. That's it. I'm trying to get this dry cleaner popping. Bro, so my I, generation I every hotel set. I stay in is owned by Patel. Of course. We're trying to build the brand. That's it. We ain't worried about nothing. Dog, you have to understand something. And people are going to hate that I say this, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> As a black man, when I walk through the airport, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty sure anybody will fuck with me. Put a turban on me, I'd be fucking terrified. Bro, I even have TSA pre-check. And let me put a turban on. They and still gonna I, put I my, my ass out I would be fucking terrified. And I bring that up to say, your average cat wearing a turban right now, probably doing better than your black next door neighbor. I'm telling you. Easy. Probably on a gas station. Probably on, you know, Quickie Mart, you know what I'm saying? Probably on a whole fucking grocery store. Yeah, they probably get some government assistance, but that's the crazy part. It's like they come over here, even the most, even under the Trump regime, the the the, the Islams or the, the Indians, the Middle Easterners, they're the most, how do I say, the most demonized right now on television, in my opinion. Because I never really see a, a, Middle, a Middle Eastern person on a TV show in a positive light. It's very rare. Them motherfuckers either terrorists or maybe every now and then you see one of them that's a scientist or a doctor or some shit. But more than likely, you see a Middle Eastern person on a television show, he's a fucking terrorist. Come on, bro. That's fucked up. So for me as a black person to be able to watch TV comfortably and see, you know, gay blacks, straight blacks, whatever blacks, blacks with leading roles, please tell me how many TV shows you see with a motherfucker wearing a turban and he's a lead, he lead, he lead person. I got nothing. For you. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm just, and, and more than likely, they be so goddamn typecasted. That's why I fucks with Aziz. His show was actually an uh, uh, Indian American doing Indian American yeah, shit. He, he was, he's not anybody else but an Indian and, American. Yeah, and, and what is that? You know what I'm saying? And, that's, and it's so dope because he's just who the fuck he is. He doesn't put himself in a box. He wasn't a doctor like we see, you know, typically with Indians. He wasn't, you know, a terrorist. You know, his nigga was just... Aziz, what's his name on the show? That's not the name of the show. But he's just fucking oh, no, I'm, Aziz. I, I, I'm still pissed off at old girl from that show, man. Oh, know. that bitch made me want to punch on the motherfucking face. <laughs> it, that shit, that type of shit gets over. Look, yeah, that shit had me hot. I can't wait for season three. That had me, bro. Are they even gonna do what season three? Is? Yeah, he won an award. When you they win, still put some heat on him though. Oh golly, I forgot about I mean, that. shit I mean, see exactly. See, Damn. Exactly. they still put some heat on him though. That shit was. Whoa. We got to end on that note to me too. Morgan, bro. I mean, he did it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, he, he definitely did it. I mean, I've I, I heard I mean, weird I, shit I about mean, him before. In that, in that time, that's, I'm not saying that it, it's any better, but it's like, he, yeah, he definitely did it. He did it, man. He did it. I feel sorry for these, these celebrities, bro, because they let that power get to their head. And, you feel like you're untouchable. Yeah, and then I think they really... It got to the point where it was like they didn't know which way society was progressing towards. So it was like, I'm going to be able to do this type of shit forever. I'm going to get away with it. You know, 
But the reality is, bro, you finna be in there with Cosby. You finna be in there with uh, Uncle Russ. Is Uncle, is Uncle Russ out there tripping, right? Uncle Russ was out there tripping. Uncle Russ started tripping and he left the country. You know he guilty. I don't even know if he back. He, nah, he went on like. A sabbatical? Yeah. Because Roman Polanski was very guilty. He left the hell he, out this he place. He left the hell out this <laughs> he place. He ain't never came back. Nah, he good. I think Woody Allen did the same thing, huh? He a straight pedophile. <laughs> Woody Allen's a pedophile on a whole other level. Like he, Man. He br- <sighs> What's that dude from House of Cards? Kevin Spacey. Out of there. I'm gay. <laughs> like, bro, that's not an excuse. <laughs> just, just because you're gay don't mean you can't sexually assault somebody. just go just throw the whole LGBT community under the bus. We like, I'm, I'm sick. Like, Damn, we I'm sick. Coming up. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick. Somebody come help me. I'm gay. Golly. What is society coming to, bro? That's, that's what I want to end on. Okay. Episode 100. Mm-hmm. Well, we started from, I want to say, April 20, whatever. 2016. 2016. First chapter of the end, last chapter of a new beginning. Yeah. And how shit was then. I mean, just so people understand something. I ain't throwing no shade at nobody. It was three of us that started the show. And the third person had to leave the show for personal reasons. But it definitely had a lot to do with the way we spoke about women on this show. And when I think about how far we've come... Based on that, because, I mean, I basically got attacked for using the word female. And, I mean, we're a hundred strong. And every now and then I still occasionally throw female out there. I say woman, I say girl or whatever. I mean, people know my stance on sexuality. I could care less what your sexuality is. Um, But I'm just thinking about when I think about where we started from to now, it's like, has shit changed drastically or is it getting worse? Like, how do you feel about... Episode one to one hundred, like. We start I feel I, even even from episode one, I feel like we've never said anything disrespectful. We've always spoke from our own personal opinions, mm-hmm. and we try not to stereotype a whole gender. No. Except all women are crazy. That's a proven fact. <laughs> you can look it up. It's on Google somewhere. But other than it's that, it's definitely a book. It's definitely a book. But other than that, it's like I I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> like I know the social climate has changed as, how? as, as far as I don't, I don't think it applies to us but I think as far as how women are viewed in the workplace yes definitely it's definitely changed but like we've always showed the utmost respect for women I try we've, ne- we've never you know bitches or hoes definitely. or anything like that like, and let me no. stop you right there Duval can do that shit all day oh yeah he don't give a damn oh yeah and and and, and, he, and look, and look at his comments. And invites you to come at him. And look at his comments. There'll Who be, laughing the most? Women in there like, yeah, she was a hoe for that, or yeah, she a bitch for that. Like it, it'll be women that'll come at women, and it, it'll be men that go at men. But I think men do that for clout, just to try to make themselves look more better when they're around females. Which if you got to bring down another man to make you look better around women, that you know that's a completely you, something you, different. You a whole ass I've also noticed that some women will pull down other women to make themselves see look that a lot by comparison, and it's like. Really? Like, what are your attributes? What are you bringing to the table? And I'm seeing, and I'm actually seeing that a lot. Like, you, you've, you've had the Issa Rays. You've had the, man, bro, shout out to Lena Waithe. Like, like, bro, Ready Player One was dope. Is it worth watching? It was dope. I'm going to watch it tonight, then. I watch Ready Player Steven One. Steven Spielberg is goat, though. That was a very dope movie. Really? Yeah, and Lena, Lena Waithe actually acted in it. Like, it wasn't one of one of the writing credits. Like, you know, she won, won the award for writing that episode of, 
of uh, Master of None with uh, what you call it, Teeters and Toes Twenty Three. Whose name are you saying? I can't hear you. Lena Waithe. Who is that? That's the that's she's a uh, Master of None, the the black chick with the with the shave sides and. The oh, oh, Chicago. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 she yeah, yeah, I'm tripping. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's like a, women are getting the recognition that they have rightfully earned. She's an interesting nowadays. one. She's an interesting one. Yeah, and I have no problem with women getting recognition. No, no. Like, Why would my, I? like my mom is, is a strong woman who's in an environment where it's prim- primarily male dominated. She plans to retire here soon, and she's almost reached the pinnacle. Like she deserves all the credit that she because she earned it. She put twenty seven years in. Like she earned everything that she gets. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say what? I, I, shout out to Mama Brooks. <laughs> but uh, it's funny though because like from episode one to one hundred, I'm gonna relate. To, I'm gonna relate it like this. I feel like in the past two years, I, I see a lot of our people pretty much complaining, saying that you know we don't get our just dues when we deserve it. And like when I hear you constantly use the word earn, earn, it's like man, like I swear. Anybody can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, did she? Did she? Did she have to sell her soul to get to where she is? I know. I know. She, I know. She took a couple of demotions. She got in some trouble and had to had to pull herself. Had back to take up. some L's, but she pulled herself back but up. She pulled herself back up. So by the boots, huh? That's what they say. Man, I just, I really just, I mean, my brother don't like when I say it, but I really feel like in this 2018, in this, in this, in this very, in this post Jim Crow era that we are in. I still feel like black people are capable of some amazing things, man, if they take themselves out of mental slavery, bro. And I feel like in the past two years, I feel like people are purposely imprisoning themselves just so they don't have to be accountable. That's one major change that I've seen. I, I, I'm telling you, since since Trump got elected, because that's when we that's when we really started. We started with uh, uh, about five, six months before Trump got elected. So I just really feel like we've been tripping. Mm-hmm. In the past two years, and I really, I just don't feel like it's really getting better. But with the emergence of podcasts, the emergence of stuff like the outlet, and and black people actually getting together and actually having production productive conversations, I'm all. I think that can help in a major way, but only if the conversations are really healthy and they're moving us forward in a way that makes us realize that you know what. We can move to, we can move away from blaming the white man. This is not 1984. Right. George Orwell was <laughs> it was a novel. It shouldn't have been a fucking manual or a fucking guide. Should have been like, the blueprint. It shouldn't have, man. Like and really, people are really getting to the point where they're just like, you know what? I'm gonna just blame the man. That shit getting old, bro. Quick. Golly, we yeah, we already over that hour or so. I guess it's time to drop the piano keys and, you know, drop what, these words of advice. Do what we do. Uh, after I shouted out to uh, Mama Brooks, got to shout out P-Town because uh, I think I think eventually that, that, that little drop is going to be a part of our next 100 episodes because uh, that, was, that was a special moment right there. <laughs> Bro, shout out, shout out to P-Town Teeth that still ain't came in. We looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> we put APB out on them teeth. They gonna come in strong too. She gonna bite your ass too. <laughs> Boy, kids are biters for no reason. Just cause. But um, I guess I'll go first because I traditionally don't go first. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna just take the lazy route and just uh, say, 
nah, I ain't gonna take the laser off. Fuck this shit. I'm a real ass nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, lately, I've been thinking about what is what's freedom, and um, obviously, I just ended off on the mental slavery note, and then I asked, you know, what's freedom, and I feel like, and this is not knocking anybody in relationships because uh, I feel for y'all brothers and I feel for y'all sisters, but I definitely feel like when you're truly free, you're mentally, you're at a place where you just feel like you can accomplish so much. So my advice to anybody out there that really feels like they need to be in relationships, uh, God is talking to them, saying that they need to give their par partner multiple chances because it's the right thing and blah, blah, blah. My thing is, man, you know, I said to you the other day, man, happiness is a currency. And I'm telling you, man, when people are happy, it's a different type of glow that you are going to see on these people. And they're, in, all, in all honesty, bro, there is nothing like being stressed fucking free. Because mm -hmm. when you're stressed out, man, you get ugly. You get lazy. You, get ugly. you do. And it, it, like, you don't want to do things. So I feel like, man, chasing happiness and then getting it and then maintaining it. I think that's so much more important than trying to fit into what society deems as normal. Because, I mean, shit, we be, we beyond that now because 20 years ago, I wouldn't be in a, in a restaurant, you know, having drinks with a gay girl or, you know, you know, openly talking about homosexuality with this dude, you know. So we're, we're way beyond, we're way past what normal is because what we see today for a lot of us, sexuality isn't normal anymore. The way people use their phones isn't normal anymore. Um, the way we treat kids aren't normal. Our politicians aren't normal. So, I mean, with that being said, man, just realize that, man, freedom. is Freedom and happiness should be tied together. So if, if you're in a state of happiness, bro, you're free. And if you feel like you're not in a state of happiness, and I'm not saying even constant 24-7 happiness, but I'm just saying to the point where when you have those self-checks in, in, in certain parts of the day, if you actually say that you're happy, you're winning. Yeah. And and, and remember, you are winning. And that's all that matters. It's a beautiful thing right there. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, man. Turn my throat here. Um, my words of advice are: if you think people are ignoring you, take into consideration that people have their own lives. They might be going through some stuff. They might be busy. They might be whatever, but just taking into consideration that, you know, they have shit going on too. Just because you have some free time doesn't mean that everybody in the, else in the world has some free time. And even if they do have some free time, maybe they need to take that time to themselves to not lose their fucking mind. <laughs> so just because somebody isn't giving you the attention that you think that you deserve doesn't mean that you're being neglected. Maybe they're giving themselves the attention that they realize that they need, they deserve for themselves. Man. So, let me get this straight. Yeah, yeah, take it. Because I see some words of advice segment. Yeah. So, when, you, when I think, when I hear you say that, you know, what's the true advice that you have in there for, for somebody? In my, my true advice that's in there is worry about yourself from time to time. Okay. And the people on the other side, don't be worried about yourself all the time. Hmm. Let people worry about themselves. Yeah. Don't and, always be me, me, me. Okay, okay. I, gra I grasp that now. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. Hmm. I do, I do realize that we, some of us have a bad habit of that. 
of, of some people always have to be number one. Somebody could say, hey, I got this going on. Well, let me tell you about what I got going on. Nah, I just told you that I'm going through something right now. Yeah. Give me some some credit and, and some if you really care about me and who I am and my well-being, give me some attention. Because it takes a lot out of people to say, hey, I'm in a fucked up place right now. Yeah. And if somebody takes the time and, the, and consoles in you to say that I'm in this bad place and you say, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. But let me tell you about me. Come on. Selfish, man. Come on. Do better. You know, the, you know the motto from, from here on out. Stay low and build. You got it. Stay low and build always. Always, man. Never, ever, ever stop. You heard it here first. You definitely did hear it here first. <laughs> oh, you got anything else to say, man? That's it, man. 100. I, I appreciate you, my brother. We just, shook, we just shook hands. Shake I'm, I'm going to get some sanitizer for the haters. Because uh, I don't like this <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and, and, and like your son said, bet we can't do a hundred more. He he laid out the challenge. Run the gauntlet. He did. He did. Um, I don't we, know we, if I, I don't know if I can deal with you a hundred more episodes. So I'm gonna be one thousand with you. We gonna have a lot more guests in this in this in this yeah. couple of years, man. Because yeah. people fucking with it. Yeah, and we I appreciate y'all. y'all. Yeah, yeah. You know. With that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But, ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?